You're listening to Deliberate Living, a podcast that inspires, empowers, and encourages listeners to live life more authentically. My name is Holly Priestley, and I'm a full-time nomad and writer who has been living in my 1997 Ford van since January 1st of 2019. I travel the United States with my dog, learning how to live with more authenticity. I explore different ways people choose to ditch the prescribed life we've all been sold and live on their terms, finding freedom and happiness however they choose. Hello, hello, and welcome to a new episode of the Deliberate Living Podcast. I am your host, Holly Priestley, and this week I'm going to tackle a question that I get all of the time, Uh, and I actually have a guide for this particular question on my website already, but I haven't made a podcast about it, and I know that different people like to absorb information in a lot of different ways, Um, and also I feel like there's more that could be said that I didn't mention in my previous post. Um, about it. And so this week we're going to be talking about how to pick the right rig for you to live in, Um, whether you want to do van life or if you want to live in an RV or a camper or a uh, utility trailer or whatever. Picking the right rig is something that is is difficult to do and it can paralyze a lot of people if they want to make such a lifestyle change, if they want to be on the road Um, full-time or part-time or whatever, picking the right rig to do it in uh, is a big choice to make. Um, And it comes down to a lot of little things, and it's going to be completely unique to you. And so I can't start the show off with a, uh, you know, this one rig is going to be the best for everybody. Um, There's no such thing at all as uh, the right rig for everybody. Um, Your needs are going to differ from my needs, and so you need to take that into consideration. So what I'm going to do today is give you six questions that you need to ask yourself to really dive deep into what it is that you need for your lifestyle um, in order to make a living on the road work for you. Picking the right rig is going to impact everything about your life. It will impact everything from your budget uh, every month after you move into the rig um, to your build costs before you move into the rig, your comfort, your lifestyle, um, your overall enjoyment, the adventures you can get into, etc., etc. And so you need to be thinking about those things that you want to do, how those questions are going to be answered, so that you can pick the rig that will do all those things for you. I tried to order these questions in order of what I think is the most important as far as determining what kind of rig will work for you. But again, question six might affect question four, might affect question one, and one definitely affects two, and you know, yada, yada, yada. So take them all in uh, with a grain of sand and digest them and marinate in them and, and answer them a few times over so that you know exactly what you're getting yourself into. The first question that I recommend anybody ask themselves is whether or not they're going to need to be able to stealth camp. And I don't think this is a very common starting point for very many people when they think about living in a van, Um, but I think it's one of the most important things uh, you could have answered before you even start looking for a rig. Most people, I think, are going to start with size and budget, but I think whether or not you're going to need to stealth camp uh, is is actually more important than those things. Stealth camping is generally associated with camping in a city and being so stealthy about it that no one knows that there's a person sleeping in the vehicle. Um, I also have other posts where I talk specifically about parking, but 
This is specifically about rigs. So uh, one thing that I tell my dog all the time is that our success in the van depends on people not knowing that we're in the van. Uh, when we started living in our van, we were in cities a lot. We were in Denver a lot. We were in places where it wasn't necessarily advantageous for people to know we were living in the vehicle. Some vehicles blend in more than others and some stand out more than others. An RV, like a Class A or a Class C, are probably going to be a dead giveaway um, that there's a person inside. Um, a van, a Class B, an SUV, uh, like a Subaru or a truck with one of those little turtle shells on the back, those blend into their surroundings a little bit more easily. If you're going to need to be in a city and don't want to pay for a nearby campsite, uh, stealth camping is like a huge factor that you need to take into consideration. Low top vans with no windows or small minivans are some of the most stealth friendly vans that are out there, but the tall windowless white vans like a Sprinter, a Transit, or a Promaster are also really popular because companies often use them for work. Um, and your rig can blend in with them if you can find like an industrial part of town where there's a bunch of vans all lined up and yours just kind of slides in there and people don't know you're in there. That could be really great for you. I've even known some people to get business magnets that they put on the sides of their vehicles to further work truck disguise or even putting like an orange safety cone or one of those vests um, on the driver's seat to make it look even more like a work van. If you're going to do like a Westphalia with a pop top, a pop top in a city sticks out <laughs> like a sore thumb. You're not going to be able to blend in with that. Um, but if you're going to have a pop top so that when you're out of the city, you can have a high roof van. And when you're in the city, you can have a low roof van. That's, that's something to consider. Windows on a van or any kind of rig can also be a dead giveaway for its residency. Um, if there, if your van does have windows, there are a few ways you can Increase your level of stealth. Uh, firstly, add a really, really dark tint to the windows so that it's harder to see inside during the day. Um, if you cover your windows with curtains, which are slightly less stealth, um, that's another option. Or make cutouts for each window out of Reflectix. This is what I did. I have really, really dark tint, but on top of that, I also have cutouts made out of Reflectix for each and every one of my windows that on the outside facing side has a black fabric to even further mimic the black tint. So people just have no idea that I'm in there. Even in, like at night when it's dark and I have all my lights on, you can't see inside the van. So that would be the first thing that I would recommend you consider is whether or not you're going to be permanently out in the woods, in the wilderness, and campgrounds, in places where it doesn't matter if people know you're living in it, or if you're going to be in a city where you kind of want to blend in a little bit more and people don't know that you're in there. Different cities have different rules when it comes to sleeping in vehicles. A lot of the... <clears throat> A lot of the bigger cities are starting to really crack down on unhoused people um, and they've made it a crime to sleep in your vehicle and I have a lot of issues with that in general but uh, this is the reality that we're faced with right now and as we work on getting laws changed you kind of need to know what the rules are so that you can abide by them to the best of your ability. When it comes to picking out a rig, the second question that you should ask yourself is how much work you want to do. Do you want a move-in ready rig or are you willing to build it completely from scratch or do you need something kind of in the middle? 
if you want something that you don't have to build yourself, you probably want to look at like factory RVs, um, class B's or C's, class A's, pre-built vans by other people who are getting rid of them and moving on, um, or an empty van that you can take to a van conversion company. Uh, and those are going to be the least elbow grease intense ways to pick a rig. Uh, if you don't mind um, or you want to build out your own rig, then you know putting your own blood, sweat, and tears into the van or whatever you end up moving into can be really rewarding. Uh, and it does open up your selection of vehicles to choose from as well. I bought my uh, Ford E350 half converted and finished it out with the help of my dad and a woodworking friend. I looked at and test drove vehicles that ran the whole gamut from completely empty shell to fully functional class B um, and wound up with something right in the middle based on a lot of different factors, not just how much work I wanted to do, but that was a huge contributing um, factor for me. There are definite benefits to doing a full build out yourself. Firstly, you're going to gain so much confidence in your own capabilities, um, and you'll also have a, a really, really, really solid feel for how things work in your van, and that way when something breaks, you know how to fix it yourself, most likely. And then, you know, thirdly, you can design a layout that really suits your lifestyle and your needs, um, and it'll be 100% unique and one of a kind. Building out your own van also gives you a lot more control over the budget. Van conversion companies range in price from, you know, maybe 20 or 30 grand up to 90 or, you know, $100,000 just for a van conversion. And, you know, building out your own van can cost as little as a couple hundred bucks if you're really creative and have a lot of elbow grease. The third question I recommend you ask yourself is how big you need your rig to be. There are so many considerations that uh, go into choosing the right size vehicle for you, including how many creatures are going to live in the van. Is it just you? Is it you and a partner? Is it you and a dog? Is it you and a partner and a dog? Are there any kids? Uh, you know, the more living creatures in the van, the more space you're going to need. Do you need an extended length van to accommodate more interior space? Are you going to need certain amounts of storage for mountain bikes or uh, are you pretty good with you know just like a couple of tote bins of things and they can probably fit in a Subaru and you don't really need to sit up or even stand in your vehicle like these are totally different rigs if your rig is very long it might affect how and where you can park if you're going to be like in the wilderness or in campgrounds all the time it might not matter as much but if you're going to be in the city or stealth parking uh, shorter vans are going to be a lot easier for you to park. Are you going to be working inside your van? Or are you going to be working outside your van? Do you need to be able to stand? I required standing room in my van, but I know so many people who don't need that at all. And they're super happy with their low roof vans. Also, one thing to consider that I found out after the fact is that some mechanics can't service rigs that are too tall. If you're going to go and get an RV or something like that, you're going to need an RV mechanic anyway, but if you're going to move into a van of some kind, some mechanics can't lift a van that's 10 feet tall and so won't be able to work on your vehicle. So that's something you need to take into account as well. 
It also will come down to the lifestyle that you think you're going to be living, if you're going to be in really hot places or really cold places. Uh, my van is a little bit bigger. You know, it's got that high roof and that extended body. And uh, so when I'm in a cold place and I'm trying to use my heater to heat it up, it takes a lot more time. When I'm hanging out with my friends who have smaller vans with lower roofs, they heat up in no time at all because there's not as much airspace. So these are all things that you need to take into consideration when you're picking the size of your van. It goes, it goes way beyond, you know, do I want more space or do I want less space? It goes into, you know, what roads do you want to be on? A longer wheelbase might not be able to take some of those off-roading roads. Um, shorter vans are going to give you less storage space and less moving around room. So it really just comes down to you and what you need. And now the fourth question is probably one that I think a lot of people start with. Um, I purposefully did not put it at the beginning because I don't think it's the most important thing, but your mileage may vary. The fourth question that I would recommend you ask yourself is about your budget. This is huge when it comes to living in any kind of vehicle, um, but I think that you need to have the previous three questions answered before you can really tackle this one and get down to your needs. Are you going to be financing your vehicle or paying for it in cash? Do you want a higher monthly cost to live in it or do you want to lay down more moolah at the outset um, but then have no monthly rent in the long run? And there's no right answer here, of course. When I was first moving into my van, I was looking at vans that would require me to get a loan. Um, and that was my plan. Like, just have a teeny tiny loan on a van because I didn't have a ton of cash uh, to throw at it at first, but I've always been able to get car loans and figured that wouldn't be a problem. Um, and, you know, a car loan is going to be a lot less than the rent I was paying in Denver anyway, but your needs will differ. Getting a loan on an already converted van can be really, really tricky. This is something that I did not know until I went through the process. Um, but if you're looking at vans or trucks or anything that wasn't necessarily built out by a certified RV shop, uh, most banks will not be able to loan the amount the rig is worth beyond, you know, what Kelly Blue Book says the vehicle shell is worth. So an RV can be more easily financed if you want a move-in ready rig. If you're looking for something move-in ready that is quirky, like a van that was uniquely built out just for you, getting that financing for a loan can be a hassle and a half. On the other hand, if you want something that's a totally blank slate, those can often be financed a little bit easier because it's just an empty van with no conversion in it, no added value that the bank can't actually see, uh, they are more likely to be able to give you a loan. Of course, that depends on your circumstances and your credit score and all of that other nonsense that I am not getting into in this episode. Budget is a hugely personal decision, and I can't tell you what your budget should be. Um, I have a post on my website where I do give a line-by-line -line breakdown of my personal build-out and monthly cost living in the van, which I will also link to below. So if you need at least some kind of overview of what this lifestyle costs, check that out and then create your own anticipatory budget to see where your needs may differ. I know there are a few other resources online where other road people have outlined what their rigs cost them um, at the beginning and each month thereafter. When you are determining your budget, 
do not forget maintenance costs. Just because the van is being sold for a really good price doesn't mean that it will remain a really good price if uh, you really dig into it. I've harped about this before and I will continue harping on it. Before you buy anything used, even if it's from a dealership or someone you know, like, and trust, take the van to a mechanic for a pre-purchase checkup before you buy it so that you can get a better feel for the condition that it's in and what costs may come up in the near future. My personal recommendation is to pay for whatever you can in cash and avoid going into debt by financing the vehicle, but that's my opinion. And uh, your mileage may vary. You may have different needs and that's fine. The fifth question you should ask yourself uh, is about your lifestyle. What do you want it to look like? I work from home slash van, and I knew that I would want space for a table to make my desk as well as standing room. Uh, I have a lot of outdoor gear that needs to be stored, but I don't have any kitchen appliances or electronics beyond my phone and my laptop that really need a dedicated space. So that determined a lot of what what I needed out of my van. Because I spend so much more time in the van working and stuff, I wanted it to be bigger so that I wasn't crouched down all the time and my back wasn't all fucked up just from being in a low roof area. But you may be wanting to live out of the van more than in the van and you might not need space for um, a laptop or a dog, but you might need space for more kitchen appliances or a mountain bike or something of that nature. My kitchen is fully in my van, which allows me, again, to stealth camp in the city very well. But I can't take my kitchen outside. And so in the summertime, I don't want to cook very much because my kitchen is inside and I don't want to heat up my house. Um, Or when I'm at a gathering with some of my friends, they're all cooking outside and I can't take my kitchen outside and join them, which makes me kind of sad sometimes. But this kind of goes back to that first question, right? Like how much... Do you need your van to be stealth? Are you going to be in cities a lot where you can't necessarily cook outside? Or are you going to be out in the wilderness where you can spread out and kind of yard sale and expand your inside space to the outside? Are you going to need some kind of roof rack or storage or tow hitch on the back of your vehicle for a mountain bike or a snowboard or something of that nature? Are you going to need to be able to go off-roading with like a lifted 4 by 4 Uh, vehicle or are you going to be driving primarily on paved roads? Do you need front wheel drive or rear wheel drive? Are you going to be in the desert or in the mountains? Will snow be in your future is a huge freaking question that you need to ask yourself. Also the length of your trips. Are you going to be going on long road trips like from one coast to the other all of the time across you know huge swaths of land? Are you just going to do a little short trips, little day trips? Are you going to be a weekend warrior for a little while? Are you going to be in really warm places or really cold ones? Is there going to be sand or is there going to be snow? All of these things will determine the kind of rig that you get. Also the kind of conveniences that you need in your van. Like I said, I have a kitchen, but I don't have a bathroom or a shower. And it's just me and the dog, so we don't really need a huge bed space, but we got one, like I said, because my van was half converted. And I bought it from a family who had two kids. So you need to take in all of these considerations of what your lifestyle looks like, what your needs look like, what your job and your hobbies and your family look like. 
And the sixth question you need to ask yourself is whether or not you are a mechanic, whether or not you want to become a mechanic. Some vehicles are more specialized than others and will require trips to a dealership to fix certain things or even get basic things taken care of, like an oil change. And some rigs are more widely driven and use parts that can be found in just about any small podunk town across the country. So, for example, a lot of people who are looking into van life specifically are looking at Mercedes Sprinters. They are wildly popular, uh, but they are also really, really, really expensive and specialized. And so you can't necessarily take them to any old mechanic to get something fixed because they require a very specific set of skills, knowledge, tools, etc. And oftentimes you need to go to a dealership to get that taken care of. My van is a 97 Ford, so just about any mechanic can work on it, provided he has the clearance he needs because she's like nine and a half feet tall or something like that. But uh, she's a lot more simple. She doesn't have a lot of uh, complicated computer systems and things like that. The age and the mileage of any rig will uh, greatly play into the answer of this question. Newer vehicles will likely, although not always, need fewer trips to the mechanic while older vehicles might need more regular maintenance and checkups and fixes. The more you drive something, the more wear you're putting on the, the all of the components of the vehicle, and so things are bound to break. So you can use the University of YouTube to teach yourself how to fix a belt or a gasket or a sensor or something like that, but sometimes you will need to take it to a specialist who can do it for you. Also, uh, some parts can be easier to find than others. Again, whether the vehicle is more specialized or not, VW vans, for example, are another one of those really, really, really popular vans to try and get into, but they break down constantly. And getting parts for older VW vans is nearly impossible and very expensive. So if you're really handy, the problems that you face on the road might not require a mechanics visit, um, and you may have more leeway when it comes to picking the right van for you. But if you're like me, and you're not a mechanic, and you want to keep it kind of simple, maybe lean towards a van that, or a vehicle that is uh, more easily fixed by somebody who does have the tools and the know-how. So as I said at the top of this episode, I can't tell you the perfect van for you. There isn't one. Um, your perfect rig is going to be different than mine by the sheer nature of the fact that your lifestyle is different than mine. You are different than me. Your budget will differ. Your needs and your lifestyle and your finances will determine what kind of rig you need for your life. So I definitely recommend that you go through these questions again and again and again, really know what it is that you need versus what it is that you want, figure out a realistic and reasonable budget for both the initial purchase, the build out, the monthly costs after the fact, and then go test drive some vans. I can't tell you how many times myself and others um, have known exactly what we want the minute that we drive it. But prior to that, we had no idea. Like, oh, that might be nice, or you think you know what you want, but then you test drive it and you're like, oh, no, actually, I don't want this at all. Or you look at something and you're like, I don't know about that, but you get in the driver's seat and you're like, oh, no, this is great. <laughs> you actually have to, like, test drive some vans. There's no better way to figure out what you need and what you want and what you like than by taking a rig out for a spin. I think I test drove, like, 8 to 10 vans before I landed on the one that I have. And it took 
eight months or so for me to do that. So be patient, figure out what you need, test drive some vans. I hope that uh, this guide is a good starting point for anyone who is in the process of planning their uh, vehicle, road life, nomadic transition. If you have any additional questions that pop up that I haven't answered, let me know. Drop them in my, my inbox or something. And uh, as always, thanks for tuning in to the Deliberate Living podcast. If you found value in this episode, go ahead and give it a thumbs up or a five stars, whatever kind of rating system is needed on the uh, platform that you are consuming this on. Share it with somebody who you think might get some value out of it. And if you want to help offset some of the costs that go into producing this podcast, I do have a PayPal and a Venmo linked in the description as well. So if you guys tune in next week and are enjoying the end of 2020, (laughs) let's just hope that 2021 is a little bit smoother for everybody. Thanks again. Tune in next week. We've reached the end of this episode of Deliberate Living. You can find the show notes and everything we referenced over on my website. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts on YouTube or sign up for email updates every time something new is published. I'll see you next time on Deliberate Living. And until then, keep your life on the DL too.